Welcome to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host for today. Today, we welcome two time relauncher Barbara Warren, founder of White and Warren, and founder of the Perennial Project, a business whose mission is to give perennial women a voice those approaching an over 50. Barbara has a compelling and complex relaunch success story that we all can learn from. And I'm excited to welcome Barbara. Hi, Barbara. Welcome to 321 I Relaunch. Hi, and thank you very much for having me. I'm delighted to share my story. Excellent. So let's just dive right in. And can you uh, talk about how you founded White and Warren and tell us about the company and your entrepreneurial success with it. Sure, of course. So I had worked in the apparel industry for my entire career. And I reached a a pinnacle, I would say, where I was really ready for something else. And I didn't want to work for anybody anymore. And it was just so apparent to me that in order to achieve my next goals in life, which was to apply what I had known about business and sales and really get into the more of the creative part of the business because that's where my heart has always been. So it was 1997 and it was very much the early years of the whole luxury movement. The uh, market and fashion was trending upwards and it was the time when great American design was really at the height. And uh, I, I wanted to get into something that was luxurious, but it was all, also very important to me and always has been to be democratic in the product I do. And uh, White and Warren was really one of the very first brands out there created to make cashmere at a democratic price point. Uh, My former partner and I had a a contact with a factory in Mongolia, and it was like the world just sort of opened up for us to create this incredible brand. And we started with a $98 cashmere t-shirt, and the, the public was so thrilled and embraced us And we built a phenomenal company doing cashmere at beautiful colors, classic silhouettes, but again, at really unheard of price points prior to that. Wow. A cashmere t-shirt sounds so warm and comfortable right now at this moment with the chill in the air. So I can... I'm just thinking about it. (laughs) You know, and it's one of those iconic pieces that you can always use. You can layer it. You can wear it on its own. I I have been wearing them for 20 years and I I kind of have a collection at this point. (laughs) That's great. I was at White & Warren for 11 years. And uh, so fast forward, we're now at 2008 and the economy has made a big change for the worse. Business was challenging. And, um, life was challenging to be perfectly frank. It was a time for me when I lost my father and he had been uh, very ill for three years. He had a debilitating stroke. Hmm. And um, when he passed, it was all just very, very difficult. And I also had young children 
and had basically outsourced a lot of parenting responsibilities. You know, as a young entrepreneur, you really have to be all in to build a business. And I, I, as a side note, I would say things have certainly adapted since then. I think companies are much more accommodating of women trying to balance career and personal life. But at the time, I made the choice to really make my career my focal point. And uh, my my kids, I felt like suffered for it. And I, I needed to get home. All those things going on, I left the company that I loved dearly and founded, but um, needed to sort of find my myself and redefine what my life was going to look like at, at this point. So at this point, did you actually take a career break? I did. And it was really hard. I I had always defined myself by my career Mm -hmm. and it was very hard to find a new identity as more of a mom. Right. That was a huge adjustment. Although I I knew that I would go back to work. I I always wanted to be a business person, but I, I couldn't do it right away. And the biggest lesson for me at that time was to be present in my life because I felt so torn for years prior when I was at work wanting to be home, when I was home wanting to be at work. So here I had this opportunity to not have that that other draw and to take advantage of this break in my life and be present and just enjoy and let go and relax. And it was okay to to have this time of life and to not judge myself too harshly. Wait, um, Barbara, can you just give us a little more context here? Like, where were you living? How old were your kids at this time? Of course, I live in Manhattan and have for many years. I live on the Upper West Side and my kids were uh, 10 and 12 at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always felt like middle school was really difficult. You know, when kids are young, they're, in my opinion, and a lot of people will disagree, but I felt like the younger the kids or the smaller the kids, the smaller the problems. And then once middle school hits and the hormones start to rage and, and the academic requirements get harder, that's a time to really be a lot more involved. And plus my, my, one of my children had learning issues and the other one had some behavioral issues. So it, my attention was really, really needed at that time. So how long were you on career break and, and what happened during that time? So I was on a career break for probably two and a half years or so, but I did a few things. I, I, I wrote a few marketing schemes for business ideas I really wanted to do. And people told me I was crazy. You can't go back. You can't go back. And I, I realized ultimately that that was, that was right. I couldn't do it, but it was on my mind and brewing. I got involved in my kids' school class parent. I got very involved in theater productions for my daughter, designing costumes, doing makeup. That was really fun. And, and, um, I also got healthy. I always was physically active when I was young. I was a competitive figure skater. 
and really put my physical health on hold when I was working like that. And so that was one of my goals was to get fit. And serendipitously, that led me to my next business because there was nothing to wear. So here I was, I called myself a daytime person. I, I never knew what daytime people did because I was always in an office. So people went to work out or they went to meetings or to their schools. You know, I was in a, a young mommy world at the time. And there was no such thing as a wardrobe for that type of a lifestyle. And I, I kind of was creating my own, right? I was wearing track pants with cashmere and wanting to look nice. Coming from the fashion world, that was important to me. Um, but I didn't want to look formal. You know, I was living this other lifestyle. So that stuck with me that why am I dressing like this? And why are all these people walking around wearing nothing but black leggings when there's there are a whole lot of things that a woman could be wearing? So mind you, this was when there was maybe, you know, half a dozen Lululemon stores. It was really before this whole... Before like athleisure uh, category came into its own. Exactly. So I was very early on that. And I wrote a marketing, uh, one marketing plan in 2010, shelved it, and then went back to it in 2013, 2014. I, I was really ready by then for my next business. And that's when I created B3.0 and positioned this new brand as a bit of a luxury level athleisure company. So I wanted to make clothes for women who were like myself, who were living in this sort of transitional time of life. And even if a woman was still immersed in her career, it was the kind of outfit or even uniform, if you will, that she could put on on the weekends or at night when she got home. So it really made a lot of sense. And um, I created this brand and I did it without funding and put a lot of time and effort and uh, means into creating a very beautiful brand and did it for three years and got some great stores, sold to Carbon 38 and Bandier who are really the leaders in that segment. But ultimately, the market at that time was very young. The mm -hmm. workout clothes were really not targeting 40-somethings. They were really very millennial, so tight-fitting and bright colors and prints and sexy. And um, that was not the person that I was trying to address. And as I said, the market really wasn't very open to it. So I didn't have enough opportunity to really scale the business the way I wanted it to and needed it to. So that mm -hmm. ended in 2017, and it was time to recreate myself one more time. Right. And did things get very complicated at that point? No, they didn't. Uh, I'll, here's a, a great takeaway. I got to the point with B3.0 where I was literally losing sleep. And if you're that concerned and that stressed that you can't sleep, you, you need to listen to that message. And the message was, this isn't working. You, you've got to move away and detach. 
And that's what I did. And, and it was hard. But once I made the final decision to let go, I could breathe. It was like the tension in my shoulders and back just went away and I had peace of mind again. So it ultimately was wonderful. It was a great experience. I'm, I'm incredibly proud of the product and what I created, um, but it was definitely time to move on. So let's just recap here. So you had a two and a half year career break followed by a three year period where you were building B3.0 and then you decided after about three years or so that this that you needed to close the business and move on. Right. But I will say I also did consulting in the interim and kept a finger in the pot and got involved in, with accessories, with other apparel lines, even a tennis line that launched. And um, it only whet my appetite to do my own thing. I see. Okay. So then what happened? So I closed B3.0 in uh, the summer of 2017. And I was trying to figure out what to do next. And there were two things going on. So I, I was really thinking about the demographic that I am now a part of, which is the 50-something woman, and what, what she, what we are, are all going through. I think it's a really complicated time of life, um, physically, emotionally. You know, we're this, quote-unquote, the sandwich generation. Our kids are moving out. Our parents are getting old and needing us. And then we're becoming the parent to our parents uh, so many women I know have changed careers and or questioned what they're doing with their career and really just sort of re-examining what life is going to look like. You know, we're all going to live longer. We have a lot more years to produce and to participate and contribute to the world. And it's not enough for so many women to stay doing the same thing indefinitely. So change is very much on the horizon at this time of life. Right. I can I identify completely because I am squarely in your demographic. Uh, and I'm interested now to hear uh, what you're about to tell us. But I just want to remind uh, those of you who just tuned in that you're listening to 321 I Relaunch podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. And this is Carol Fishman-Cohen, your host, and I'm speaking with two-time relauncher and serial entrepreneur, Barbara Warren. So Barbara, I'm sorry, I was interrupting you. Tell us um, like, what came after you thinking about this demographic. Sure. So I was really interested in what was going on in society at large. So if I was feeling this and women I know were talking about it, there was something at a macro level brewing. And I looked for publications, any sort of media that was talking about all of these issues and it didn't exist. So I thought, well, you know, can I do something about this? Can I create something? Can I be part of this population or movement and it's really important. And the, the demographics are growing. The numbers are staggering. The, our, our population is aging. We are more affluent. We are more able-minded. We want to work longer. We're not just looking to retire. So there, there's so much connected to it. And um, as much as I was thinking about that and ruminating about how to create a business around it, 
I also thought I'd like to look for a job. It almost as a bit of a personal challenge. I hadn't done a resume in 25 years. So created a resume. God help with that because certainly it's very hard to talk about yourself and be reflective in a way on paper. So I encourage anybody who is relaunching to get help with the resume, get feedback, tell people how they perceive you and get help wording your accomplishments because there are a lot of ways to say what you do. But regardless of that, so I, I had my resume. So as a 55-year-old woman looking for a job, it was virtually impossible to even get recruiters to return my calls. So it, it was not a shock. I kind of expected it. But nonetheless, I needed to go through it and really see for myself what the possibilities were for somebody like me. And that really just led me to my next project, which is the Perennial Project. And that's a business I started last February. And it, again, going back to the plight of women like us, the approaching the mid-market life generation, and wanting to embrace us and name us in a way that was not baby boomer, that was not Gen X. Those are all, they're very cliche. And uh, I feel like they put people in silos, especially baby boomer. I feel like it takes us back to 1963. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but you're absolutely right. And, um, and riding golf carts into the sunset. And that's just not who we are. So can, can you tell us a little bit more about um, the name Perennial Project and also what it is and how it works? Yes, absolutely. So I, again, I wanted to come up with a way to address us inclusively and in a, a, a warmer, kinder way. And I was thinking of, of words or meanings and I Somehow I got to perennial, and I'm also a gardener, by the way, and it, it felt really, um, just really kind, you know, and it, the implications as I'm looking at my plants right now, it's, it's long lasting, it's ever blooming, it's evergreen, and look, what, a, what a nice connotation for us, because that's really what we're about. And, and, it, and it gave the mission a, a name, a brand, context, and something for people to grasp onto. And, and it's great. I, I hear people using it every now and then. And whether it's from me or Madeline Albright actually used it. I don't know if you saw that, but that was a great clip that went around a few months ago. I did not see that, but I can totally picture her saying the words. <laughs> She's so dynamic. So smart. So that was part of the mission is giving us a name and really... What Perennial Project is at the current time is a media platform. So it's kind of my, my personal soapbox to redefine aging and blog about it. I've been doing style segments on television, obviously having a fashion background. You know, I've got a, a bit of a, um, a softness for using that to help women. A lot of women haven't looked in the mirror. They haven't looked in their wardrobes. They've been so busy working or raising their kids that they haven't taken care of themselves and don't know how to look and how to dress or, or don't know what's appropriate at this time in life. So I think that's part of the mission as well. You know, when you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you can look good. And it's all, it's all connected and important. 
So let me just um, backtrack for a second. So the Perennial Project, um, as a media content company, you're uh, producing um, TV shorts and and written pieces of content and other resources for people in this age group, or is there something else that I'm missing? I am not producing TV content yet. We are working on a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And that's going to launch in about two weeks' time. But I have been on some um, local television programs in New York. And I have been writing uh, original content for my blog, um, Instagram, podcasts, wherever I can get the message out. And what's so wonderful and exciting is that there are so many outlets now to really capture people's attention. So at the end of the day, like if I want to, do I become a member of the Perennial Project? Do I go on the website? Like how do I engage with the, with the company? You go on the website, which is Perennial Project, www.perennialproject.com. You follow me on Instagram. We're doing uh, more and more Instagram stories as that's taking over because, of course, all of these media change every 10 minutes. So you have to keep up. Um, Facebook. And as I said, we're working on a YouTube channel. And that's really exciting because I'm going to have guests. I have a couple of doctors lined up who are going to obviously be able to talk about issues related to physical things we're going through. And I'm working on an event, a live event in the new year in Manhattan and having a salon type conversation with a bunch of women who are professionals and wise and talented and experienced and having speakers and having an interactive conversation about this. And I think the more women who are talking about it, the more we are living better, our behavior will help to change society's predetermined notions of what aging looks like, because it really is a, a construct of our culture to think of us as, you know, getting ready to retire and moving on and becoming grandparents or whatever it is. And we need to redefine what it looks like to be in our 50s, our 60s. There's, there's so much life to live and there's so much that we want to achieve. And um, another big takeaway for me was when I turned 50, I originally felt like I failed. I just, I didn't meet all of the qualifications that I wanted, all of the financial material, all that kinds of stuff. And I, 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 it was almost like I needed to pour cold water on my face and slap my cheeks and, and just wake up from this and stop thinking like that. And in my own journey of redefining aging and embracing it and feeling excited about it and energized about all the things I want to do, um, it's been incredibly enlightening and liberating. And um, I, I'm excited to to spread that joy and excitement and, and help women to feel like they have new beginnings. And this is not the beginning of the end. This is not the end. This is just another chapter. Um, Barbara, let me ask you, since you are such an experienced entrepreneur, and now this is essentially your third venture, um, 
what's the business model and what percentage into it do you think you are? Like, are you early, early stage? Are you uh, like, how do you compare it to uh, maybe the, how long it took you to establish your first company, for example? Well, it's a completely different business model. That was straightforward manufacturing a product and marketing a product. This is marketing a concept. This is marketing myself as a voice for a movement. And um, being part of social media is very different. And the opportunities that come from that are very different. I would like at some point, hopefully in the next year, to create another brand of clothing. But first and foremost is having community and um, messaging on, on a macro enough level that people are really looking to Perennial Project for information as a platform, as a community, as a place that they can identify with. And um, I, I think once that is truly created, offering product as a next step will be very natural, very organic to the movement. Uh, makes sense. Are you self-taught on social media or how did you get up to speed on all the different content uh, platforms that you need to know about to uh, get the word out in today's world? Yeah, uh, great question. I had to really embrace technology. I fought technology for a long time. I wasn't on Instagram. I couldn't stand Facebook. And um, really having that kind of a mindset is impossible in this day and age when you're wanting to launch a business. And one of the things that I love about Perennial Project is the opportunity to learn something new. And that's part of being a perennial is learning. You know, it's expanding your mind. It's um, having new experiences. So it's all so connected. And learning about this and, and diving in has been extraordinary. And the power of social media and how it's changed our world and moved so quickly is really a phenomenon like we've probably not seen since the p computer was actually created. So how long have you been around as, as how long has the Perennial Project been around? And do you, can you give us an estimate of the size of your community at this point? Yes, of course. So I launched last February, February, 2018. And um, I have about 15,000 readers on the blog and um, around 7,800 followers on Instagram. Facebook has been much slower to really take. And it's very interesting because um, when I first started to look into this, everybody was talking about, oh, Facebook, you know, our generation lives on Facebook. But the truth of the matter is that we're migrating. We're not where the millennials are. We follow them because like, they're basically leading technology. But we're migrating very quickly to Instagram. And our demographic also loves Pinterest mm -hmm. and fairly active on Twitter. Yes, I'm pretty active on Twitter myself. More of a newbie on Instagram and really not involved at all in Pinterest. So I have a little learning to do in that department. And I'm glad you're mentioning it because it's reminding me that I have to get up to speed um, on, on 
on that side of social media. Um, Barbara, I'm curious, you know, you said that, so you've been very successful as an entrepreneur, um, and then you were starting to put your resume together because you're thinking you wanted to try to get hired, get that corporate job. You were having um, issues with the how the recruiters and work world were responding to you. And so you went the entrepreneurial route again. Um, is there any part of you that um, still thinks about some sort of a corporate role? Or do you feel at this point that entrepreneurship is really where you're most comfortable? I would say the latter. I am an entrepreneur at heart and in practice. And it, it's hard for large corporations to find a place for an entrepreneur because I'm viewed more as a generalist and uh, people in corporations by and large have been trained in one specific area and you may expand from an area, but you start in one thing and go from there versus me. I, I have the creative side and the business side and it's, it's harder to find a place for that. Got it. Well, um, we are coming um, to the end of our, our uh, podcast time. And I wanted to close by asking you the question that we ask all of our podcast guests. And that is, what is your best piece of advice for your, our relauncher audience? Even if it's something that we've already talked about today. And also, I will add, keeping in mind that we don't talk that often to um, entrepreneurs and serial entrepreneurs who pre and post relaunch. So anything in that vein would, would also be of interest. Sure. I would say anybody who is looking to relaunch, make sure that you have taken a pause, that you have taken some time to reflect on what has worked within your your career or even outside of your career and what has it what have been your challenges what are your goals but take that time take that pause and reassess time is a gift and when we're moving so quickly we're working crazy hours and trying to do everything you don't have time to think i used to say that i was in the trenches and i couldn't get up to thirty thousand feet in luck and uh that's what I do constantly now. I'm, I'm remaining big picture all the time and not getting so caught up in the minutiae that I can't continue to think and set goals. And anybody should do that. And what I said also before about a resume is to talk to other people, get feedback, get input. You can't assess yourself clearly and um, get thick skin. You have to. And not to take anything personally and to keep going and believe in yourself because no one is going to give you permission to be who you want to be, to get the next step. You have to give yourself permission to want that, to go for it, to believe that you're qualified for it because that's the only way you're going to get it. Mm -hmm. Great advice. Thank you. And thank you, Barbara, for joining us today. Can you tell our audience one more time how they can find out more about the Perennial Project? Yes, thank you so much. www.perennialproject.com is the blog. And please follow us on Instagram, Perennial Project, Facebook, Perennial Project, and YouTube, Perennial Project is coming up in two weeks. 
Very exciting. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was great. And thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. For more information on I Relaunch, go to irelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.